0: love you today we so appreciate your presence in this place oh you didn't have to do this you could have let it been just some kind of a stale thing just just a real calm look nothing nothing moving lord but you and your presence it still inhabits the praise of your people how we adore you, Lord, for making yourself known once again here in this place, Lord, to confirm your word, to vindicate that you are still the God, the creator, our Lord, our husband, and our Savior. I pray, Lord, as we take these next few minutes, Lord, to, 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 to speak on what you put on our heart, I pray that you would take, you, the word, Lord, would take it right to the very knee, Lord, the right spot, exactly where to go, Lord. I don't believe that, that you've ever missed I don't believe that you've ever aimed at anything and missed, Lord God. I don't believe that you've ever went after something and did it halfway, Lord, because you were very thorough and you were very good at your job, Lord. And I don't believe in coincidences. I believe that each one of us stand here this morning for a very specific reason, a very specific purpose. And, Lord, you're already here, Lord, moving amongst your people. Lord, I believe with all my heart you will take these words and put them exactly where they need to go, Lord, for each one of us need this today. Draw us nearer to Thee, Lord. Draw us nearer to Thee, we pray, Lord. We surrender all of our lives to You. We love You so much today, Jesus. We bless Your holy name, Lord. I pray You bless my brothers and sisters today. Bless all those that watch the recording, Lord. Have Your way, oh God, we pray. In Your lovely, lovely name. Amen. Amen. God bless you this morning. God bless you. God bless you. While you're standing, if you'll turn over with me to Isaiah chapter 61, I want to say you're very thankful to be back, be back home, I've missed you, I love you, I pray for you, God bless you this morning, it makes you very happy to see you in the house of the Lord today, I can't put that into words, but I pray the Lord bless you real good today. Now this is a very familiar scripture. And if you've read the Bible very long at all, and, and, and I love how God takes His Word and He'll quicken it to your heart, that, that even in my own walk with the Lord, I've been a message believer all my life. This was, I say that being that this is all I've ever raised in. This is the truth that I've known. But even still, as He unfolds and unfolds more and more, and you go back, and and, and sometimes it takes you hours hour just to read one verse. And you think about that, and God brings back to memory and quickening things that, that He showed you before in your life. And you can remember different things the prophet put on, him. you know, those that spoke, that, and it all ties back together. And, and each time you see that, it, that it's you there, it's not just Him, but it's you there. God is so good to his people. So let us people. I'll just read this before we're seated Isaiah chapter 61, verse 1. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me. Because the Lord hath anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek, he has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, to the opening of the prison to them that are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. And you know that in the book of Luke when the Lord Jesus stood up and took the scroll from the priest and he read these words and is a reason why he stopped right there because of that visitation, that ministry, that, that first coming of the Lord. This is where it was to stop. But the Ram told us that there were many things that he didn't finish in his earthly ministry. He left apart for his wife to do that he might do them through you. But even in that moment you'll see what he had to do before he could do it through you. He can't just take, uh, just, just throw you out there in the world and, and say, No, I'm going to live through you. And I'm going to speak through you. And, and there'd be no redemption. There'd be no restoration. There'd be no building up. There'd be no strengthening in your heart to where you would just be knocked down the first wave that comes your way. But this is what your God did for us. To proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Now the bride can keep on reading. And the day of vengeance of our God. To comfort all that mourn. To appoint unto them that mourn in Zion. To give unto them beauty for ashes. The oil of joy for the morning. The garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. That they might be called trees of righteousness. The planting of the Lord. That He might be glorified. He the Lord might be glorified. And they shall build the old wastes. They shall raise up the former desolations. They shall repair the waste cities, the desolations of many generations. You may be seated this morning. Our title today for the recording something the Lord put on my heart the last couple of weeks, all walled up. All walled up. And as the Lord's been dealing with me this the last couple of weeks, and and I thought about is, and I believe with all my heart this has been God that's done this. You you can believe that or you cannot believe that, but that's what I believe, what God has done, and, and he's put it in my in my thinking, and I keep coming back to it and what God has for us. And it's easy to say, well, maybe maybe that's something that's too simple, maybe that's something that's too 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 light, but but that is not the truth because God hides himself in simplicity. Amen. And he reveals himself in the same. And it's very easy for our enemy to so place something. And I don't mean our enemy being any man. I mean our enemy, the foe, the, the Satan, Lucifer, all those ones that's been trying to oppress, trying to come against, trying to split brothers and trying to discredit one or, or build up another or tear down somewhere else, all those things, that's, that's the same enemy each one of us fight this morning. I'm not warring against flesh and blood. I'm not against you. You're not against me. We're not against anyone else. We're against the enemy that's been put under our feet, Amen. under our feet. That's where he's been put is under our feet. Now, there's so many things that I don't know what all the Lord will allow to get to today. I don't know how much where he'll say stop or what he'll do, but, but, but I pray that, that, I, that he'll just open his word up to you real rich. Just open his word up to you real rich. There's so much in this area, and it, it, it even runs to the deepest part of the truth, to the, to the very most naturalist part of your day. Is that serious. The deepest part of it's truth. And, and so many will say, well, that's just skim milk. Not, no, it's not. Because it, it, I know people, I've shared this with you before, that claim they believe the deepest parts of this message, but they wouldn't love you for nothing. They wouldn't do nothing for you. They wouldn't pray for you. They wouldn't cry out to God for you. They wouldn't lift you up in prayer, much less prefer you. You hear me? Prefer you. You know what that means, prefer your brother to prefer your sister? That means that they get anything that you should have got. You understand, that's what that means. I prefer, this isn't just we're in our line for our lunch later, and you, oh, I prefer you to step in front. You go ahead and go eat first. And if there's nothing left, no, be not nothing just like that. It's in every area of your life. And, and I've shared that with you what the Spirit of Christ will do in you. What it will so take over a person's heart, and it will so mold and, and, and make viable and, and make movable in his hands, just like the potters of clay. It will so soften your heart where that you would prefer they go to heaven in your place. Think about that. I'm talking about eternal life right now. That you would prefer they go to heaven in your place so that they might be saved. That you would prefer that if there was healing to be had, they'd get it and you'd go on sick. That's deep, ain't it? Oh, that's just real simple. God hides himself in simplicity. Our enemy likes to use the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Our enemy likes to take truths of God and twist and pervert. Our enemy likes to take things, even the actual supernatural creative power and word of God. And so water it down in your mind when you read those things. You're like, eh. So much so that even in our day, God has sent a prophet and so molded that man's life and and put him through so many things to make a bell with the right sound, to make a microphone with no other input but divine input, to make a man where he would say, just like Christ in the garden, not my will but thine be done. It, that that it very easily when you just touch the tip of that iceberg and oh yeah I'll be oh so no big deal whatever but but you, you got to understand what it takes for a man or a woman to yield not just their heart but even their lips. To yield not just their heart, but even their mind. To yield their reasoning and their thinking. And just reading through the seals this morning, different parts back and forth that he was talking about as those seals were being opened up. And he said, as I realize what God has done, sending those angels to me to tell me what was in those seals, to reveal and break that up. And to reel it to what he said, it's something like I never dreamed. I never imagined. It's so far contrary to anything I'd ever heard in all my life from anyone else that ever spoke on those. It was exactly contrary. So, you understand that Satan has got a real he had a real good view of one time what God looked like. See, we can't see in that supernatural world. We can't see in that invisible. He used to live there. He still lives there. He has access to this one. You understand the breakup of the dimensions, one through seven, and they're sitting in the fifth, and he can still have access back and forth. Now, you're meant to go up higher. You're not meant to live in just the fourth dimension. That's where we live now, in this fourth dimension. And a lot of times, our view of certain tests and trials and and problems and things you go through in your life is in a simple statement of very fourth dimensional. Well, I don't see how this could get any better. I don't see how this could change. I don't see how your prayers would work. I don't see how this could ever get better. I don't see anything ever improving ever at all. You live in the wrong dimension. You live in the wrong dimension. You're not called to live here. You're called to live there. And up there, all things are possible. All things are possible. Oh, what a silly statement that a human can believe such. That a human can have a life so changed where that actually can become not just fruit and truth for our life, but they'd be able to spread it into others. That other, all things could be possible. See, when you need something, that ain't a simple statement. If you have need of nothing, rich and increased with goods, that's just a silly little statement. I don't need nothing. See, I have much need. I have much need this morning. Uh, not just in my body, but in my heart, in my spirit. I must have a closer walk with him. Amen. I must get closer. I must draw nearer. I must surrender more and give him all that I am. I must have more of him. I have much need this morning. Satan likes to even push you downward. See, your enemy comes in like a flood. He wants to push you even out of your dimension down into a lower dimension. You follow me so far? Uh, oh, we got to hear Brother Andrew Wheeler preach Wednesday night, and he was talking about Satan's distractions and, and how that you, as a believer, should be able to hear the voice of the Lord. And he took it right there out right of Samuel, and the Lord's calling Samuel those three times. He kept calling his name. Now, the same God, Amen. same God. That was then, is here now, is the same God, the exact same one that spoke to your brother Samuel, is right now in this room speaking to your heart. You believe that this morning, the exact same God that is standing there so patiently, Samuel? Yes, Eli. Not me. Go back me now. Samuel. Not me. You understand. Same God. Exact same one as here. But Satan wants you to push you down to those lower dimensions into time, matter, space. And and that's where you have television. You have all those radio waves. You have Ethernet. You have cable. You have Internet. You have games on your phone. That's a lower dimension than even where you're at. To try to make you leave your attention, your focus, your to be distracted, to jump back into that. And to pull you away from things of God. And he has had, as the prophet would say, marvelous success marvelous success even in my own life he's had marvelous success but i'm not meant to be defeated you're not meant to be defeated you're not meant to be under his feet that is an absolute perverted abomination for him to have his foot on your neck you hear me that this morning that's a perverted abomination perversion means outside of the will of god that's what pervert to pervert means to be outside of the will of god it's to pervert an abomination is something god hates not just don't do this or don't do this. Don't do this. Amen. He came that you might have life. That you might have it more abundantly. He came that you might have life, that you might have it more abundantly. Amen. Now, if we go back just to that first verse right there, I want to just spend a few minutes in there. And again, our title being all walled up. And we'll see what the Lord lets us get to. I don't want this to seem, uh, you maybe never get to my point. Uh, as far as where that comes up from, I'll just take right now to, to you, you know how the devil come in with, in, in, in all, the, all the things he throws your way, he's trying his very best to give you a stony heart. He's trying to get you to shut your gates. He's trying to get you to shut down. He's trying to keep your arms right here or your hands in your pockets. He's trying to get you where you won't live for the Lord, you won't serve the Lord, that you won't love one another. So he builds walls up and he will take actual actual offenses, actual scars, actual thorns, actual thistles, things that actually happen to you, and he'll use that to try to scab it over. See, again, scabbing it over, that, that's not what it's meant to be. You're meant to be healed. You're meant to be delivered. Lord, let it breathe. Let it breathe, Lord. Let it go. Sometimes you have to vent a little bit. Lord, I need to maybe go out in the woods and talk to you about it. Lord, that hurt. They said that to me. They said that about me. That hurt. Lord, I didn't realize. And and sometimes even in my own walk, things you don't even realize that it did hurt until you're in a conversation, you're talking later, and something pops up, and they are like, wow, I didn't realize that that it hurt me that bad. But there it is because your subconscious has always grounded. You think, well, my memory didn't forget. Your subconscious didn't forget, and it's sitting there struggling with something, and you're walking around shut down, bound up, and cut off from the grace and the life of God because that nonsense. We'll get to the root of bitterness here in a little bit. By many are defiled. Not just yourself. You know, it, it'd, be, it'd be one thing if, if you were just defiled because of your root of bitterness. It'd be one thing if just you were shut down because you're... It'd be one thing if you couldn't love your brother or, or your sister, if you couldn't forgive, or if you couldn't pray for, or if you couldn't hug. It'd be one thing. But the Bible teaches that that doesn't just stay in you, and as bad as that is, but it, by many are defiled. You'll tell someone else. You'll say this. Wait a minute. I, you know, they ain't said nothing, but, but why, why won't they go talk to that person? Why do they, when they go to hug that person, it's just kind of, you know, bump on it. And it, it. People can watch you. People can see you. And even if they're not even saying, well, I don't really like this person, but, but I don't really want to get that close to that person. You know, I love them, but I'm never going to let you close again. See, that's a wall. Not to be there. The Word of God breaks every chain. It breaks every single chain. Every chain is of the enemy. It's that lie of the devil that binds you to this earth and drags you backwards. Drags you. Oh, no, I can just stay right here and just be fine. I can sit in my church pew and I can, I'm still coming. To, no, it's dragging you backwards. Because if you're not walking with him, you well, I just, no, you never stand still. You're never standing still. You're going one way or the other. You're, going to want to, you're either walking with Him or you're walking with Him. He said, the Spirit of the Lord God. Right there, the Spirit of the Lord God. And as you find yourself in the Scripture, and you find it constantly reaffirming who God is and the truth of life and the truth of your daily walk. And, the, and, and, and everything you go through, whether it be just your natural uh, you know, 9 to 5 or 8 to 7, whatever it might be, even down to your spiritual walk with God as far as your prayer time, the amount of time you can read your Bible, the amount of time you can listen to tapes, all of those things, you always find an exact parallel between natural and spiritual. Always find This is the truth. Again, this ain't real simple. Satan's going to tell you that's real simple. No, no, no. If you can get to where you can lead an overcoming life, to where each day you get up, Satan starts getting scared. He's like, I'm starting to feel fits again. I'm hitting my brakes again. That sounds simple to you? Anybody? Sounds simple to you? I don't sound simple to me. He came that I might have life. The spirit of the Lord God is upon me. Who? Elohim. The king, the Lord, the creator, the mighty God is stepped into that vessel to speak this. And Isaiah was able to pick it up through a revelation, through an inspiration of the Lord. And said, this is what he'll say. This is what he'll do. Not just say, but do. He tells them, this scripture is fulfilled before your eyes. This scripture, you see where he stops. He stops. Now, in our day we mentioned that about being a prophet and what God has manifested for his wife in this day. He bring forth a prophet that be able to speak through whatever God would say. Whatever God would say. So much so that that even when it comes down to the message he preached right before this day the scripture is fulfilled, that he's preaching a sermon and his wife had bought him a new Bible and he goes to read a particular scripture and those pages were stuck together. He couldn't find it. And a Catholic priest on the platform said, Here, brother, take my Bible, read this. A Catholic priest, and he tells him, He should be steady, young man. He should be steady. The Lord is probably in this, something along those lines. And he said he takes it from the, the, the Catholic priest and he reads right there and he picks that up. And then he starts preaching that this day the scripture, and the next service over, this day the scriptures will fill. And seeing what God was doing. See, I don't know about you, but when I see God start moving, when I see God start moving, that tells me he's vindicating something. He's vindicating something. I had a conversation with a brother overseas just the other night. He was telling me about being raised in the message, and he's he's a young man, mid-20s, and he's, he's been called to be a pastor, and he's got a church there, but but he said that being raised in the message, my dad was a pastor, and I'd always heard of these things and what God had done and what God is doing across the world, but I never seen it from my own life. He said, but as God is dealing with my heart, even as a young boy at nine years old, and give my heart to the Lord, and, and God fill me with the Holy Ghost, and all these things, he said, I even called to preach, had become a pastor, and I started still believed it, but I hadn't yet seen the fruit of it. He said, i had been called to go to another, uh, another little town or village, whatever it was, away. And he started a church there. It had about 30 people when he started. Within a month's time, he had over 250 or something like that. God was growing him. And he said, we were having some meetings there. And these people were coming up for prayer. And he said, I watched a man, an old man, come up on crutches. And he said he was very lame. Shouldn't have been on just crutches. Very lame. Comes up, he said, and we pray for him. He said, I watched that man leave completely healed. He said, I stepped right back. He said, this message ain't nothing but the truth. It ain't nothing but the truth to take a man like that and restore him. He wasn't preaching some Catholic doctrine. He wasn't preaching some Pentecostal doctrine. He was preaching the revealed word of this hour. This hour, not 90 years ago, not 100. Right now, your day. So when you right now, bright members of the body of the Lord Jesus Christ, are hearing these words in your ears, you can say, I've seen that scripture fulfilled in my life, in my friends, in my families, in our church, in other believers. You can testify things that should not happen in this dimension because it's not natural. We'll agree, it's supernatural supernatural our God is supernatural the spirit of the Lord God is upon me because now you know the intent and purpose if we were to jump into I don't have that quote in front of me the threefold purpose of God there in Christ the mystery God revealed he said because the Lord hath anointed me to preach good tidings good tidings See, this is, as I've had the opportunity, we've been in three different churches since I've been with you last, and get to talk with different brothers and sisters and different other, not even just message believers, but in others. You come finding, you keep finding back to that that same statement Brother Brown talked about, that all my life I thought God was mad at me, but Jesus loved me. And it's not just, you know, even in a message believer raising up or anyone else, it's a natural human condition. This is what your enemy has lied to you. No, God is going to punish you. He's going to burn you. All these different things and you're going to hurt for the rest of your life. That's a lie of your enemy. That's a lie of your enemy. His word is creative. So as I speak to you right now and I tell you that the I am inhabited that prophet to foretell of something that will be done in the vessel of the Lord Jesus Christ to say he preached good tidings to you. Are you that you this morning? Does he love you? Are you his purpose? He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted. What a statement. Anybody ever been brokenhearted this morning? Anybody sitting here ever had your heart broken? Ever had you scars put on and, and things come at things you still struggle with years later and you don't know why it still hurts? You know, they didn't physically stab me. They didn't, they didn't hit me with a bat. They didn't run over me with a car. Why does, why does that still hurt? It, and it's not like they actually, you know, snapped your physical heart. It's in that, it's in that spirit is where the wound was laid. And, and that's where that scar come across. And, and that's where that scar will sit and fester if you let Satan pour salt on it. But you need to let the Lord Jesus take that bomb of Gilead and pour on it and let him heal your heart and let him soften your heart and let it become a new heart, pliable and movable to the Holy Ghost. Amen. To bind up the brokenhearted, that tells me that he's going to fix your heart. Amen. To bind it up, that's like patching up a wound. That's like if they've been cut, put a bandage on it, put some bindings on it. This isn't putting chains on like, I'm going to bind you down. This is to put, put wrappings on. This is to mend it, to heal it. And it don't always happen overnight. There's a difference between a healing and a miracle. Everybody understands that. There's a difference between a healing and a miracle. There's a big difference. A miracle is just instantaneous within you know, a short amount of time. A healing, God is a healer, and sometimes it takes, it takes some time. You know, it's interesting because you don't generally get sick overnight. But so many people want to be healed overnight. You don't generally, you know, big things. You don't generally, poof, I walk up the next door and I have cancer. Woof, I just, I was fine the night before and now I have cancer. I have this, I have this. It didn't happen overnight. It was from a, a prolonged period of time of something going wrong, something going wrong. Some kind of darkness touching that part of your body. Right. But he said to proclaim. To proclaim liberty to the captives. And the opening of the prison to them that are bound. A prison. Bars, walls, shut off from life, shut off from light, put in a place. Uh, For example, we were singing, I will praise the Lord earlier. Uh, That that prison that Paul and Silas were sitting in, they weren't in something as nice as a federal maximum prison we would have today, something as nice as even Alcatraz. Alcatraz, even some of the worst, the other one, they're not that nice. The way these worked is, your nicer prisons were out toward the, the wall of the city, and they were dug up under the city, so they got worse the further and further into the city you come, and a lot of times you understand that things drain downward. You can imagine your prison. Where's the best place to put a prison? How about in our sewer system? They wasn't having a good day. They weren't in the best of conditions. They were really having a hard time, and not only there, but they've been beaten till they were unconscious, beaten to unconscious. And, and, and they're sitting there, and you imagine the pain. So if you've ever, I, I've never been in such pain that I passed out. I never, I've never had something like that. I was in so much pain that I passed out, and then eventually wake back up. I thank the Lord for that, that I've never been there. Maybe you have. But so much pain that they passed out, blacked out from the pain. And it wasn't like the place smelled good. You know it wasn't dry. You know it wasn't dry. It was at the very least wet and cold and damp and like most basements might be. But this was way worse than any basement. But they're sitting there in the worst of worst conditions and their heart said, I was still praising. See, that's a heart that's been set free. That's a heart that has met someone that set them free. That opened up the doors and said, house of hell, give way in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, the, the actual literal manifestation will be that it will be Saul on the road to Damascus. And a light come down and struck him blind and knocked him off his horse. And he even makes a statement. He said, he said who art you, Lord? Who are you, Lord? He, the, the, the voice, the light had told him, why kickest thou against the pricks? Why are you kicking? Why are you fighting? Why are you running from your election, Paul? Why are you running from your calling, Paul? Why are you running from my purpose and my will for your life, Paul? Amen. Saul, about to be Paul. He said, Who are thee? I am Jesus. The door was opened. The prison was opened. He set him free. Amen. See, Satan wants to tell you if you're not in the best of conditions, then you must not be serving the Lord right. Something's wrong. You may be, maybe, you know, if you don't everything got plenty of money in the bank account, plenty of gas in the tank, plenty of car running right. You know, ain't nothing more to make you, you know question whether or not you're a Christian if your car unless your car breaks down. You know, Lord, am I serving? What is going on? Especially if it's a new car. But that's just the devil. I've had, I'm driving a pretty new truck. It's part of the new, obviously the newest truck I've ever had. I've had it break down on me several times. And the discouragement that comes in with that is almost unexplainable. What in the world? But it's just a test. And you understand that because you've been set free. You've been, he proclaimed liberty to you. He's proclaimed liberty to you, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to them that are bound. Yet even in your worst of worst moments, you don't look at the flame, you don't look at the flood, you don't look at the waves, you don't look at the smell, you don't look at the chains. I'm free. I'm free. How many this morning wish you were right now sitting in the same church you were 10 years ago? 20 years ago. How many wish you were in your same uh, complex or fence or hurt or scar you were two years ago? I'll say for me, one year ago. I told that, shared that with you, that the Lord delivered me of several complexes, that youth meeting in, in, in March back to Brother Wendell's there in, in Pawnee. And, and I never realized some of the complexes that I had. And, and the brother just started preaching walk out of it. Walk out of it. But no, I can't. You know, like you take a chicken and you just draw a line over his neck, and he thinks you're still holding him down. No, get up and walk out. I'm free. That don't belong to me. Death and life is still in the power of your tongue. That don't belong to me. I'm not of this world. I'm not of, the, of any other dimension but of that dimension. Amen. To proclaim, to appoint unto them the acceptable year of the Lord. <clears throat> to appoint unto them that mourn in Zion. To give unto them beauty for ashes. Your enemy always wants to flip these verses. He wants to flip, you've got to be this, you've got to be this, you must be mourning, you must be in ashes, you must be heavy. No, that's not what God said. It's not what God said. Absolutely not. Turn over to the book of Joel with me, Joel two. Joel two, verse twenty three. You believe God? You believe he can do whatever he wants? Yes. You believe he's big enough to get it done. Chapter 2, verse 23 of Joel. <clears throat> be glad then, you children of Zion, and rejoice in the Lord your God. For he hath given you the former rain moderately, and he will cause to come down for you the rain, the former rain and the latter rain in the first month. And the floor shall be full of wheat, and the vat shall overflow with wine and oil. And I will restore to you the Lord your God, Says, I will restore to you the years that the locust hath eaten, the canker worm, the caterpillar, the palmer worm, my great army which I sent among you, and you shall eat in plenty and be satisfied and praise the name of the Lord your God that hath dealt wondrously with you. Is this true? Yeah. Has he dealt wondrously with you? Amen. Well, I'm sitting here hurting this morning. No, he's dealt wondrously with me. He's dealt wondrously with me. And my people shall never be ashamed. You ever been ashamed to be a Christian? You ever been ashamed to say that he's my Lord? You ever been ashamed to say I believe this message? No, there comes a peace and a joy that says I don't care what happens or what is said. I believe him. I'm not ashamed. Not ashamed. And you shall know that I am. You shall know that I am in the midst of Israel and that I am the Lord your God and none else. And he says it again, my people shall never be ashamed. How does David say that unto thee, O Lord? Do I lift up my voice? Let me not be ashamed. Let not my enemies triumph over me. Ain't God good? Turn over to Hebrews 12 with me. Not making very good time at all, so Lord have mercy. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 12. <clears throat> now, I've shared with you a couple of years ago that that verse 22 and verse 23 is something that was stuck in my head for months on end. I couldn't, it was just over and over and over. And we'll try to work through that in just a minute, but we'll start there in verse 12. Chapter 12, verse 12. Wherefore, lift up the hands which hang down and the feeble knees. Make straight paths for your feet, lest that which is lame be turned out of the way, but let it rather be healed. So you see the commandment of the Lord. Now, it's, it's so, uh, you, you find the spirit of Christ on a believer. And you can find the, the spirit of Christ that if you let him take control, what he'll do to you and what he'll let you believe. But then you have the spirit of Antichrist on someone to get where he's trying to hinder or damper what you believe. You only two spirits. Two spirits that work in the church today the prophet taught us. The spirit of Christ and the Antichrist. There's always twins, it's always about twins, Cain and Abel, Jacob and Esau, Isaac and Ishmael, Jesus and Judas, always about twins. And in day, you have the spirit of Christ, and you have the spirit of Antichrist. What is the spirit of Antichrist? The spirit of Antichrist is Satan, is Lucifer. I don't have to run through all of his names to remind you who he is, but he is not the Spirit of Christ. He's always lying. He's never going to tell you anything true, even if he's reading to you verbatim, word for word from the scripture, he's going to twist it somehow. Oh, couldn't do that. Go ask your sister Eve. Go ask your sister Eve if he'd do that. See, this word, and I, I can't say this enough, this word so inspires my heart. And every time I read it, it it. It it builds up a faith and a confidence that I can't even explain. Because the more and more you surrender your life to God, you put yourself into that. You're literally molding yourself into that. It's not the words on a page. It's into the person of Christ. You're molding. Your life is yielding to the person of Christ. As you sit in His presence, He's pushing away all the scars and the hurt, and you're literally absorbing Him. He's absorbing you. Now, as you realize, it's very easy for even your own mind to say, God can do this, God can do this, God can do whatever He wants. We'd all agree, we'd shout amen. But when I put your name in there and say you can do anything, where are you going? Up against the wall, I guess. But the Word still says this about you. The Word still says this is you. The prophet taught us that when those seals were open, and I'll make that statement, the seals are open to the bride. The seals are open. I know some people struggle with the lamb leaving the mercy seat, that when this happens, this happens. For the bride, he never leaves the mercy seat. A lot of people say, well, when this happens, I guess there's no more mercy. You don't understand your Redeemer. You don't understand the one that's forgiven you. You just don't understand grace. Well, no, it, uh, it must, if, if, if one plus one plus one, No, no, he still loves you. He still forgives you. He still redeems you. It's not going to change now. It never changed then. It won't change there. Amen. Can't change. So when the word tells you to lift this is a command and that's what I said about headship. The, the, you fall into the headship of God and the headship of Christ and that's what the bride will do. The bride will submit to the word of her husband. He says this about me this is what I do. If you had a natural uh, husband and a wife and, and a wife thinks one way but the husband says this is what we're going to do. A wife will fall right into that mode. I'm following him. That's my head. That's who I serve him. He serves Christ. And this is the way that God set it up. It's not meant to be perverted most men today aren't worth following I understand that but a godly man is a godly man is worth giving your life for it is it's the truth a godly woman is worth giving your life for if you're not you're not a godly man because God gave his life for you so the headship of the word when the word tells you something the word is speaking to you and it says do this what spirit in your heart will say will you say that's not me. I can't do that. But this is what our boss said. He said, Lift them up. He said, Lift them up. Lift up the hands which hang down and the feeble knees. Anybody here have been really tired, worked real hard, couldn't hold your hands up? I've been there many times. I couldn't, you know, you're doing good to get your hands up right here and you're trying to you know, prop them on your chin because you've worked so hard, but keep raising them up. Amen. He gives strength. I've been there. times I couldn't, and next thing I know, they're up here because he'll, he'll honor it. But I can't, I can't do no more right there. Give it to him. Give it to him. Let it rise higher. Let it rise higher. And before long, you're just waving. You're waving like a tree in the wind or a weed out in the prairie, just waving praise to your God. He said lift them up. And you're not going to say, nope. You're not a seed of Cain. You're not a seed of Cain. And again, that's the truth you find of the Bible reinforcing of what serpent seed is. What man in his right mind would ever hear God speak to him and tell him, if you'll just do what your brother Abel did, I'll accept you. And his response is, nope. Nope. That's not the seed of God. That's the seed of that evil one. So what headship do you fall under this morning? This word commands you commands you wherefore lift up the hands which hang down and the feeble knees make straight paths for your feet lest that which is lame be turned out of the way but let it rather be healed follow peace with all men oh not my neighbor you don't know what he's done to me you don't know this you don't know that I know tests come in that area I've got a neighbor that gets real loud sometimes That inside my house, in my basement with earphones on, I'm just vibrating. So I know that test, but he still gives strength. He still gives strength. If you follow his word, he'll back it up. Follow peace with all men and holiness, without which no man shall see the Lord. Looking diligently, lest any man fail. Looking diligently, lest any man fail. Stop right there for a minute. Looking diligently. That's not going, okay, y'all are fine, y'all are doing good, okay. Well, you did not even look right at me. You ever give someone something, you, will you read this real quick? And they're just like, okay, uh, you didn't read that. You didn't care. You, didn't, you weren't diligent. You weren't doing your due diligence. You understand what these phrases, where this description is going. Oh, you, a teacher asked, you, did you do your homework? Did you read the material? Yeah. Then you take a test. Oh, I can tell pretty quickly you didn't do that. But doing diligence as a believer. See, that question that Cain asked, am I my brother's keeper? See, in a negative contrast, if you can see what that seed will do, then your thought would be that the other seed will be an exact opposite of that. Cable, Abel would have stepped up and said, I am my brother's keeper. What can I do for you? How can I help you? How can I lift you up? How can I bear you up? What do you need? What can I give you of mine so that your life can be better? How can I spend more time? How can I pray for you that God would make your life better, that he would encourage you, that he would help you in his walk? What can I do? That would be the seed of Christ. Would you agree? Looking diligently. What can I do for you? Neighbor, what do you need? Brother, sister, what do you need? Lest any man fail. Well, it's just us four no more. You know, pretty much the doors are closed and, and no one else can come in. And, and if they don't believe it the same way I believe it, then, then we can't have fellowship with them. That's, that's a lie compared to that verse right there. That's looking diligently. You can't give anyone a revelation. I admit that. We don't give revelation, but I can give you my love. I give you my love. And I understand what the Scripture says. The Scripture has a perfect balance. It has an absolutely perfect balance, frontwards to backwards. And you're never going to say, well, you don't believe this and we can't do that. No, no, it's I love you. I give my life for you. And I'm not the one that gives revelation. He does. And I'll pray that he gives you revelation. If not, whether he does or not, I still love you. Still love you. Looking diligently to make sure you don't fail, to make sure you don't fall down. There's a quote that uh, a brother had shared with me a couple years ago that Brother Branham had made a statement that, <clears throat> excuse me, that there was a brother in a church or in the area that had backslidden and he went after him. He said, I went after him. And I even got criticism from other people who said, What are you wasting your time on that brother for? What are you wasting your time on him for? He's backslidden. let him go. What, is, what are you wasting time for? Him? And he said, if I don't go, I've got to go to the altar and get my heart right. If my heart isn't crying out for my brother, then there's something wrong with me. See, it even makes a statement. He said, I went after him and I got him. Restored him. Well, no, God how do you think God uses? Well, God will take care of that. Yes, he will. Hold your hand up. God's going to use you to take care of that. How much faith can be released in your life? How much of God can be used in your life? How much of His presence will you let Him flow through you? It's amazing. It's just absolutely amazing. And again, this ain't simple. If you ever thought it was easy to live with your neighbor, you thought that was simple, then you, you ain't had a bad neighbor before. You ain't had someone that, that maybe, you know, how do you say that? That would kill you if he got a chance. That day on Calvary, he said, live for that one that would kill you if they got the chance, so they could get away with it. Well, you know, this person's not that bad. You know, they only did that. But no, if he'd kill you and get away with it. See, it changes our perspective. It changes our, our, our bar. You know, as far as about raising the bar, you know, got my bar right there. No, he, he got it way up there. You can't even reach that bar. Can't even reach that bar. Follow peace with all men is what he said. Looking diligently, lest any man fail of the grace of God. You would that none will be lost. You would that none will be lost. If he feels that way, the Lord Jesus feels that way, then I promise you his wife will feel the same way. The, the prophet said, I can't remember exactly uh, questions and answers in Genesis or something like that. He was talking about the signs, uh, the a, a good sign of the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And he said outside of a, in a physical form, he said, I can't tell you of any sign of the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Looking at someone, well they did this, well they did this, well they did this. He said, that's not a sign of the Holy Ghost. The Pentecostals took that and said, if you speak in tongues, you have the Holy Ghost. Not true. You may, you may not. If you do this, you may, no, no. He said, he said if, but if you want to see a quality of some has been baptized of the Holy Ghost because the Holy Ghost is Christ and the person of Christ has this kind of a fruit that he will be crying out for his brother, crying out for his sister, crying out for his neighbor, crying out for his lost one. Lord, have mercy on them. Lord, grant them mercy. He said, you want to sign the Holy Ghost? He said, that's the best one I can give you right there, a soul travail for my brother and my sister, my neighbor." He said, you want to sign of the Holy Ghost? There it is right there. Looking diligently, lest any man fail of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you, thereby many be defiled. Thereby many be defiled. Many be defiled. You think about that. Lest there be any fornication or profane person as Esau, who for one morsel of meat sold his birthright. I don't have time to unzip that. Unpackage that because that, that would take me a day at least right there in that one verse. For you know how that afterward when he would have inherited the blessing, you, you see a template of how to inherit a blessing. It's not through bitterness. It's not through complexes, offenses, or hurt. You don't get to inherit your blessing that way even though the blessing belongs to you. This isn't a show up and sign for it kind of thing. This is put it to work in my life. And this right here has done troubled you to so where you cannot put it to work in your life. I can't take that blessing I can't, because it's untroubled me. It's untroubled me. I'm mad at my brother. I'm mad at Jacob. Jacob did this. Jacob did that. Nobody's disputing that. He did. But it profaned him. It, it put a block between him and the Lord. It threw walls up. He was rejected. When he would have inherited the blessing, he was rejected. For he found no place of repentance, though he sought it carefully with tears. For you are not come unto the mountain that might be touched. Now, we're jumping over to the book of Exodus. We're jumping over to the Holy Ghost, the the, the Spirit of Christ coming upon that mountain. Whether you want to go all the way back to the first Exodus 1 or Exodus 2, when Moses is there with Exodus 3, where on the the burning bush, and, and he sees that fire come down, and the mountain would not burn from the fire. You understand, they're not in a rainforest. They're not in a rainforest. They're not in water. This is still a desert. And so where the fire is, it'll spread very quickly. But yet somehow it won't burn. Not only is anything else not catching on fire with this burning bush, but, but even the, 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 the mountains not catching on fire. Here just a couple weeks ago before we had some rain, a month ago, whatever it was, if you'd have threw a match in that field, it would have took that whole field. Just one will be on match. But what if it would have just stayed right there, the match stood up, and just burned and burned and burned and everyone went out? So you're not called even unto that mountain. What you've been called unto, the bride of this day, in this revelation, and this life, put all this into uh, your your, your walk with the Lord. You're not coming to the mountain that might be touched, that burn with fire, nor unto blackness, darkness, and tempest. You have those things, but that's not where you're at. You're not through the dark ages. You understand as far as that dark horse rider. And now we're walking through the seals now. You understand the white horse, the pale horse, the red horse, the dark horse. That dark horse rider was that dark age. It was under that, under that ox age and, and how the, they would give their life for that. And it was tempestuous and it was very hard to be a Christian. And that's still not where you're at today. Yes, you had the physical, the natural attributes of those things. But you've been picked up even to something higher yet. Even higher yet than what that was. But I thought God didn't change. He don't change. He's unchangeable. He doesn't change. This has always been his intent and purpose. He's always been to pick them up there, but they wouldn't go. Through cares of life, deceitfulness of riches, uh, weights that so easily doth beset them, all of those things, it kept them from inheriting that blessing. It pulled them from that spot. You're not come under that mount that might be touched, that might be burned with fire, under blackness, darkness, and tempest, and the sound of a trumpet and the voice of words, which voice they had heard and treated, and that's interesting, that's italicized, which voice that they had heard and treated, that the words should not be spoken to them anymore. Now, you, in a very similar parallel to the days of Moses, to the days of the children of Israel, as God is moving amongst his people, stopping the sun, opening a red sea, letting them walk through, drowning all the armies of pharaoh all of those things 40 years later walking up to jordan spreading those back walking through the supernatural things daily being fed daily being watered all of those things in that aspect in that time you're put up somewhere higher yet much much higher yet see in your day in a similar parallel there's been a shout that's went out there's been a cry that's been heard i hope you've heard that the bridegroom has come go you out to meet him the bridegroom has come. Go you out to meet him. First Thessalonians 4, Revelation 10, 7, Revelation 10, 1. All of these things, he is here now. Who opened the seals? He did. Now, think about where you're at. Think about where you're standing. You're not in that type, in that, that natural place. Yes, you have that, that element of your body still living in the late and CNAs, but your soul, your spirit, your heart has been picked up something higher. Yes, you can still be affected by the waves, by the storms, by the tests, everything that gets your flesh. Satan still has access to your flesh to make you doubt, to make you discouraged, to make you depressed. Your spirit is what controls this body. When your spirit lives there, it brings this into submission. He said no doubt within. Picked up into something higher. Much, much higher. You've heard a trumpet. You've heard the voice of a trumpet. First Thessalonians 4, I touched on a minute ago. The sound of the voice, that trumpet, the shout voice, the trump. Brother Bram said that all three things happen at his coming. You've heard a trumpet, it has called you. And you now lift up the voice. Lift up the voice. I go back to the book of Isaiah and we get on that. You'll lift up the voice. His voice. But but why did you word it if you say to this mountain? Why didn't you say if Jesus said to this mountain? He said on that day and this day, this day in your flesh, in your heart, in your spirit, it's no longer you that speaks, but it's him that speaks within you. And you'll lift up the voice. You realize how beautiful and how powerful that is? You realize how old that voice is? See, it's easy to have confidence in someone that's very aged and full of wisdom and with a good track record. You know, if you've got a guy that's a drunk and he's, you know, 60, 70, 80, 90, 100 years old, you know, I ain't going to listen to him. If you've got somebody that's been a con man or a thief or something, but, but for someone that's for 80 years, 100 years, been a good solid believer, been a love the Lord, lift the Lord, done everything the scripture says, you can take confidence in that person. Maybe made mistakes, sure, understand that. You realize that Enoch got to have fellowship with his great, 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 great granddaddy Adam. So if you have seeking counsel in your life, i need not to go talk to my grandpa. i will to talk to my dad. Talk, you can go talk to Adam. So Enoch's you know, asking, now, Grandpa, tell me, when you wanted that tree moved over, how did you say that? When you wanted that wind slowed down, the other day we needed the wind slowed down badly in Amarillo. It almost knocked us off the roof many times. Knocked us off the roof, 65 mile an hour gusts. But he would just speak to it and it would stop. You just, you just stop right there. You realize as a type of Christ, the Bible said that was the first Adam and then the second Adam walked on water. You realize Adam could walk on water if he was a type of the first Adam. If he was a type of the second Adam, Jesus Christ, everything that he did in the flesh, in those men, Adam could do it. But we're still not touching the mystery yet. The mystery is that becoming present in you. Present in you, that same voice that is so old that it spoke the heavens and the earth Amen. into existence. That same voice that, that would walk with Adam and Eve in the garden in the cool of the evening that night. That same voice. That's what you lift up. And it, when you use the phrase before time began, a lot of folks, they, they struggle with Genesis 1.1 to Genesis 1.2. They, they really struggle with that. Well, the earth is only 6,000 years old or the earth is 40 billion years old. I don't particularly care. It doesn't really bother me. I believe in creation. I believe in 6,000 years creation. Don't get me wrong. I, I believe that with all my heart. But from 1-1 one, one to 1-2 one, could have been a billion years. Easy. Could have been trillion years. I got no problem with that. I, but now creation hadn't started that we have yet as far as what God did. So the actual, but again, I don't, I don't believe. They're always changing. Well, scientifically proven today Next week, scientifically, today, and then, you know, years ago, you can't trust it. Anyway, there's something that you can't trust. You believe that? I think the one that said, let there be, can get it right. right. So if that voice is speaking to you this morning, that one can get it right. And he can tell you right now where you sit. See, identity is such a a big key. Identity is uh, if, again, if 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 you were to look at the negative uh, contrast out in the world today, the identity thing is the, one of the biggest things flared up. They don't know if they're male or female. They don't know if they're if they're with women or if they're with men, and it's just constantly getting worse and worse and worse and worse and worse. So if that's true in the natural, then I would be praying to prove what it is in the spiritual that there is someone who the spiritual amnesia is wearing off, and her identity is becoming coming very clear in her heart and her mind see i heard a brother say this recently what they do with an amnesiac someone that's got an amnesia what they'll do is once they're well enough to leave a hospital with a head injury what it might be they'll take them back to some place that was familiar to them and they'll walk them through some place that's familiar to them and show them different things and then something hopefully will click you follow me in this type that's why we take you through the scripture that's why we take you through the scripture. We show you where you are. We show you who you are. We show you where you've always been. Always been. Everybody with me so far? So here we are. Our day. The sound of a trumpet. The voice of words. The voice of whose words? Whose words? The sound of a trumpet, the voice of words, which voice they that heard entreated that the word should not be spoken to them anymore. This was them then. Don't let God speak, just let Moses speak. One of the worst things they ever asked for. Don't let God speak, let Moses speak. That's why Hebrews 1.1 1, 1 is true. God speaks to the prophet. That's why Amos 3. You understand, that's why God speaks like that. That's the way God speaks. They didn't want his voice. I love his voice. I, I love his voice. You know, you, I don't know if, if anybody would be honest, but but you, you, when you fall in love with someone, and this may be easier if to say it's not my wife in the room. But when you fall in love with someone, and you, you ever heard anybody say, "Man, they got the worst voice ever." Have you heard them talk? It's like squeaky and nasally. And no, you fall in love with them. I, somebody else might think that. Somebody else might think, "Man, have you heard them speak?" But you are like, I did. I love it. I love it. You know, There's a place on tape where the Rams talking about a, guy, a lady, a sister got up and sang a special. And Brother Branham said, after he was talking, he said, man, she's got the prettiest voice. He said, brother, if I was you, I'd have her sing me to sleep every night. She just sing me to sleep. every." Night. So, but you, you, you love that voice. You love his voice. Amen. Right? Amen. You, you love his voice. I'm walking you through the scriptures now. You love his voice. So everybody still with me? For they, them, could not endure that which was commanded. Now, we started in this this chapter with that statement of headship. Who do you believe? Who will you take? Whose word will you accept? That voice, then, they could not endure that which was commanded in their flesh. They could not endure it. Don't do this. Don't do this. Don't do this. Don't do this. It was tried to live it as a law, not as love. Why don't you cheat on your wife? Because I love her. Why don't you rob your neighbor? Because I love him too. Why don't you defraud your brother? Because I love him too. What, but the law said it'd be okay. I don't care what the law says. I love him. I love him. And they could not endure that which was commanded. And if so much as a beast touched that mountain, it shall be stoned. That mountain. <clears throat> See, this is where the presence of the Lord would come down. I have no time. This is where the presence of the Lord would come down and saturate an area. So much so that that a beast could not walk upon that that perimeter, that property line of that mountain. Because the presence of the Lord had come down on that mountain. The presence of the Lord. Moses said, Lord, I want to see you. He said, well, you can't see my face. So I I put my hands over your eyes, seeing that he can't see. I put my hands over your eyes and I walk by you and I let you see my back part. God had touched that mountain. The presence of the Lord touched that mountain. In that day, the presence of the Lord to touch that mountain, that a beast, if it was to bump into it across that line, had to be stoned. Have you been filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost? You realize you're now the same kind of property? You're the same kind of earthen vessel? You're the same kind of mystery wrapped up in dirt? Think about it now. Has the Holy Ghost indwelt your heart? Has the Holy Ghost saturated you? Has the Holy Ghost taken possession? And now has all of your reins? Verse 21, and so terrible was the sight italicized that Moses said, I exceedingly fear and quake. And you see where Paul's writing it. Paul said, I want you to understand, this is before the cross, this is before the first coming, this is before the atonement, this is before the price was paid, this is before Elohim engrafted himself in the human race, this is before the one that proclaimed liberty, the one that was set the captive free. All this was done before he came, but now he's here. Now he's here. And this call and cry unto you is but You. See, that word but, and I tell you all the time how I like language, that, it, that it'll break up. If you were just, you know, just trucking along through, reading, 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 like a newspaper, like a big, long, run-on sentence. I don't mean much, people like that. But you come to something that the Scripture says, but, time change, shift, transition, something's different now. You understand, something's different now. They were scared to death of it. But he's saying, but, but you're come, you, you're come unto this Mount Zion. This Mount Zion and unto the city of the living God. See, it's common that Mount Zion, city of the living God. See, again, we had no time. It, Jesus kept talking about in parables, in plainness, in speech, in types, all these different things about the kingdom of God, about the kingdom of heaven. Uh, if we were to jump, I think it's Luke 8. Luke 8, Luke 9, whatever it is, tell them when they were being commissioned to go out and to preach the gospel. Go out and preach the gospel. He said, you walk into that city and if you find someone that believes, you pray for them and you heal their sick before you leave there and you tell them, you tell them the kingdom of heaven is come nigh thee. You understand? This? Anybody knows that in the scripture? You tell them the kingdom of heaven is come nigh thee. He said, you are come unto Mount Zion. And unto the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, and to an innumerable company of angels. I had a thought. I shared this with you uh, when we got back from the Dallas meetings. Uh, they were singing that song, "Our God Reigns," and we were singing that earlier. Uh, He's God alone. You know, it, it's, it's crazy how Satan likes fear, likes to put fear on you to shut you down. And, and that's what walls do. They separate you from life, from love, from the presence of God. And they want you to keep you in fear instead of living in the light of his love. So for if you've ever been through a bad neighborhood or, or been scared or something along those lines, then, and you, you wonder about, well, should I do this? You know, something might happen to me. Something might rob me. Someone might shoot me. So when I do that, who, who do you serve? How big is your God again? How big is he? He's up there going, man, I wish I could do something to help him. I wish I could do something to help him. How big is God? He can't get to you without permission. Well, woe was me. Woe was, no, Satan had permission. Satan had permission to see what you would do. To see what you would do. So back to that. Walk through any street. You walk through the streets of Chicago. You walk through the streets of Memphis. You walk through Baghdad. Your worst place on the planet. You can walk down with a comfort and peace knowing our God reigns. Amen. Our God reigns. Now that's in a natural warfare. Uh, maybe might be for your flesh. But what about walking through the warfare of all the demons that have been turned out against you? Telling you you've got this and you should think this. And remember how this hurt. No, no, no. Our God reigns. And if he reigns, it means his word is still true. If he reigns, he means he'll still bring his word to pass. An innumerable, an innumerable company of angels, and we've shared that with you many times, they're just there to watch. What will he do next? Verse 23, To the general assembly and the church of the firstborn, which are written in heaven, and to God the judge of all, the judge of all, and to the spirits of just men made perfect. See, that that had me hung up for a while. The spirits of just men made perfect. The spirits of just men made perfect. You believe the Holy Ghost is perfect? You believe His Word is perfect? You believe the Creator, the I Am, the Elohim, the El Shaddai, the Jehovah Jireh, the great Jesus Christ is perfect and He can accomplish that which concerns you? He said, be ye therefore perfect even as your Father in heaven is perfect. Now, how could we possibly do such a thing? In my own flesh, I struggle. I make mistakes. I don't really think that's actually possible. Hang on. Verse 24 is about to happen. And to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, and to the blood of sprinkling that speaketh better things than that of Abel. Now, what they're talking about here is, is the best that I can portray. Uh, you, you have that type in the Old Testament. They would take two doves, and they would take one. They'd be a mate, and they would take and cut the head off of one of them and take that blood and pour on the other, soak it with the blood. Then that other one would fly through the land, and that blood would drip off of it everywhere it go. You better be having his blood dripping off of you. You better not say it's us four no more. No one else would come in. That ain't God. That ain't God. That blood's meant to drip. It's meant to drip everywhere you go. The blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, His mercy. Otherwise, you got the wrong spirit. The wrong spirit. So Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, not of flesh and blood, not of the law, not of those things, not in the circumcision or the uncircumcision, but the law of the Spirit of Christ. He says, to the blood of sprinkling that speaketh better things than that of Abel. See, Abel had a revelation. Abel had a revelation. You, you understand that. So, why would it so randomly throw this in? Because the prophet taught us, and we, we shared that with in that first scripture in Isaiah 61. The prophet had taught us that if, you can, if someone can see serpent seed and Godhead, they'll be able to see many things. And, you're like, pfft. but it's truth. And you see the, the 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 push of the enemy, the flood of the enemy to try to make all these things seem as far-fetched, as far-fetched, and, and it's just as you name any word you can use to describe it, all these things to make them look not true. But when someone actually sees truth, you get a revelation. And again, revelation does not come from this dimension. Revelation did not originate in the fourth dimension. It comes from that dimension. Faith does not come from this dimension. It comes from that dimension. You are getting access. We've gained access through that blood of the sprinkling, through that covenant, through that, that mediator. He gave you access so that you might have life. Access that you might have life. Abel had a revelation of what happened in the garden. Absolutely. Abel had a revelation. Jesus makes that statement to the Pharisees. They're telling him, every time you heal the sick, every time you raise the dead, every time you open the blind, every time you heal leprosy, all these different things, you're of your father the devil. You're doing this. You're doing this. this, You do it by the power of the devil. All these things. You're Beelzebub. All this nonsense. I ain't never heard of Satan healing nobody. Satan ain't never raised nobody from the dead. Satan ain't never made your life better. Satan never made your life better, anybody? Ever made your life better? Not one time. Not one time. But this one comes along and is making their life better. And they said, you're probably doing with the power of Satan. He tells them, you're of your father the devil. They make this strange statement. We're not born of fornication. Imagine if you'd have been from another country and walked up. What did that mean? What do you mean by that? That's the dumbest comeback I ever heard in all my life. Not born of fornication. I bet his mama smells funny too. Just, but he's showing them they knew what happened in the garden. You understand, they knew, Abel knew it, they knew it, they knew what happened. Abel had a revelation, but Abel had a revelation for that day, of that hour, under what was given him in that light. You're not in that day, you're not in Moses' day, you've been pulled a whole lot up higher yet. Still up higher yet. And he says this, see that you refuse not him that speaketh. See that you refuse not him that speaketh. If I were to jump over the book of Corinthians and go through a husband and his wife and what is required there to where you would not refuse your husband and your wife that you would not withhold yourself and, and, and that just being in a very natural type but you have the, the spiritual of your heart to open the doors and to surrender and to fall in the headship of the word the headship of your husband knowest thou not thy maker is thy husband and he says see that you refuse not him that speaketh don't refuse him that speaks for if they escaped not who refused him that spake on earth, much more shall not we escape if we turn away from him that speaketh from heaven, whose voice then shook the earth, but now he promised he hath promised saying, yet once more shake not I yet once more I shake not the earth only, but also heaven. And here we go again. and this word, this word, yet once more. I hope you're convinced this morning. I hope His Word has sufficiently impressed you this morning. This word, yet once more, signifying the removing of those things that are shaken, and of those things that are made, and of those things which cannot—that those things which cannot be shaken may remain. See, He's told you you're from a heavenly kingdom. He done told you from a much higher plane. He done told you that where you came from is where you're going back to. See, the earth can be shaken. You ever felt an earthquake? Uh, Things can pass away. Things can be changed. But he's telling you that where you're from, it can't be changed. See, again, it always brings me back to that picture that the prophet told that, that God has taken of you. That picture, in my mind, is also creative because that picture, the prophet said, is of you in perfection of perfection. Not just at 18 or 20, but in absolute perfection. Body, soul, and spirit. Body, soul, and spirit. That, well, I can believe that I'm healed because of that. Not just your body, your heart, your spirit, your soul. All of those things can be healed because that picture says you are. That picture that he had in the back part of God's mind before the foundation of the world is of you completely whole. No walls no chains no bars completely whole don't you think his wants his wife completely whole and you know, if you brother sitting here this morning wish your wife would be something besides completely whole if you love her you want the very best for her yes. even if you had to suffer sickness or something like that you'd rather have that than she might be well and that's just the love of a husband of a natural husband what how much more his love for you how much more? He said, wherefore we receive in a kingdom which cannot be moved. Again, that kingdom of heaven has come nigh unto thee. He said, let us have grace. Now, we've already got grace. Now, we've got to have grace for someone else. We've already got grace. The capstone is here in this hour. The, the plumb the plum line, the hand of seraphim it's done laid it out. That the capstone, the headstone, everything measures out. It's perfectly, he's here. The grace is here. It's not just grace, it's much grace. And he said, for our God, Mr. missed a line, whereby we may serve God. Whereby we may serve God. Remember, a root of bitterness will defile you and many others. Let us have grace whereby we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. For our God is a consuming fire. He's a consuming fire. We got a few more minutes. Turn over the book of Job with me. <clears throat> Now, how do you want to know the Lord? How, how do, you want to, do you want to know the Lord as Adam did, or do you want to know the Lord as what's available in this day? See, Adam lived in the, again, perfection of perfection on this planet. Never had a bad day. Adam never woke up, and anything hurt, nothing ever twinged. He never rolled out of bed and said, oh, my goodness. I got up Friday morning after working. And I was sitting at the, the, the breakfast table there, and I went to get up to leave the breakfast table, and something pulled between my back and my shoulder blades, and the rest of the day I could barely even pick my arms up. You know, Adam never had that. Never hurt his foot, never hurt his leg, never, never stomach ache. Perfect, absolutely perfect. But he didn't know God in the attribute fully expressed of who we know God. Now, how did this have to happen? How did this have to happen? Job chapter 2. Job, I'm so sorry. Job, Job chapter 1. I, too many J's there. Job chapter 1, verse 6. Now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord. And Satan came along also among them. And the Lord said unto Satan, Whence comest thou? Then Satan answered the Lord and said, From going to and fro in the earth and from walking up and down in it. To and fro, walking up and down in it. And the Lord said unto Satan, Hast thou considered my servant Job, that there is none like him in the earth, a perfect and upright man, and one that feareth God and escheweth evil? Then Satan answered the Lord and said, Does Job fear God for naught? Does he fear God for naught or for nothing? Hast not thou made an hedge about him and about his house? It would be a hedge of protection about him, about his house, about all that he hath on every side. Thou hast blessed the work of his hands, and his substance is increased in the land. But put forth thine hand now, and touch all that he hath. He will curse thee to thy face. And the Lord said unto Satan, Behold, all that he hath is in thy power. Only upon himself put not forth thine hand. So Satan went forth from the presence of the Lord. That's so Satan went. I got my orders. I got marching orders. I know what I'm doing. Okay, boss is laying them out each day. It, it, those that ever been in a supervisor role, you're in a boss role, you, you got, you're going to do this, you're going to start here, you're going to work to there, you're going to start there, and you're going to work to there. And again, that's headship. Satan falls under. Yes, Lord, that's all I can do. All that you can say, that's all I'm allowed to do. Just a puppet in the hand of God. And Satan's back, even in his own critical, narcissistic way. Give me a chance, I'll make him curse you to your face. And God's like, You won't deceive the very elect, you'll never deceive the very elect. So this is how Job was in that moment. Now flip over to Job chapter 42. Chapter 42, and we'll start there at verse 1. And this is after everything that he's went through, and obviously we don't have time to cover all the many travails and and the pain and loss of family and livestock and even his own wife turned upon him. But Job 42, 1, Then Job answered the Lord and said, I know, I know it, I know it, that thou canst do everything, and that no thought no thought can be withholden from thee. Who is he that hideth counsel without knowledge? Therefore have I uttered that I understood not things too wonderful for me, which I knew not. Here I beseech thee, and I will speak. I'll demand of thee, and declare thou unto me. I've heard of thee by the hearing of the ear, but now mine eye seeth thee. Now, now mine eye seeth thee. In the message, 1960, April the seventeenth, charity, the message. I know. Brother Ram was talking about all that Christ went through, all that Job went through, all those different things. And he said, paragraph seventy-five, see, it takes a crucifixion. It takes a crucifixion. It takes a crushing of the flower to bring perfume from it. Was talking to some sisters this weekend. I went through some very, very bad and hard things. And it was telling about all the, don't understand why this happened. I don't understand why I had to go through this. I don't understand this. I don't understand that. At the end, you'll count them worth more than gold. In the moment, I don't understand, Lord. I don't understand, but I can testify he's here with me. I don't know why I'm going through this, but he's here with me. He said it takes crushing of the flower to bring perfume from it. It takes a crushing of a life to get the best out of it that there is. Ooh, what a statement. That's the reason Jesus had to be crushed. To bring forth what he was. He could not stand before the crucifixion and say, All power in heavens and earth is given unto my hand. But after the crucifixion, he could stand and say, All powers in heaven and earth is given into my hand. But what did it do? It take crucifixion first. It took the crushing and the disappointing of the apostles. They had seen their Savior, the one they had loved. They seen him even raise up the dead from the grave. They seen him do that. And then think, and then think. There he lays cold and in the grave himself this morning. But he raised those from the dead. They even walked by him making that, those other people that were there making that taunt. Others, have, others he saved, but can he save himself? He can't even save himself. There he lies cold in the grave himself this morning. See, many, many other people that claim to be something in this world, whether they claim to be God, claim to be a prophet, all those things, not one has ever rose himself up from the grave. And the Lord Jesus Christ, even of who he is, even of who he is, that's always Right now, you can't say was, who he is. If he had not have raised from the dead, he would not be the resurrection of the life. But the scripture is true. And because it's true, this will be the outcome. You understand that this morning? Because the scripture is true, this will be the outcome. So how do I know I'm going to take a rapture? Because this will be the outcome. The resurrection of the life is here. The resurrection of the life is in me. The greater is he that's in me that's in the world. That's how I know I'll take a rapture. That's how I know I can be an overcomer in this life. That's how I know I don't have to live beneath my means. That's how I know. Well, no, you're just guessing and you're grasping for straws. No, this is what he said. And it's true. It's true. You understand why that Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John had to be the four guards from the Old Testament and the New Testament? Because it proved that the resurrection is true. It has to testify of it. It has to testify of it. Because there was a new covenant. There was a mediator. Something changed. Something was brought nearer. That was you. You were brought nearer. And it was through such pain and such heartache and such disappointment. Were they even themselves, the same apostle, said, There he lays cold in the grave himself this morning. Those people who had seen him open the eyes of the blind, seen him stand there and perceive the very thoughts that was in the people's heart. How didn't he know, they say, that they were coming after him? How did he know? Why didn't he know Judas? Why didn't he know Judas would betray him? Why didn't he know the soldiers were coming up the mountains there with staves and swords and everything to get him? Which that's, it's very amazing why they use staves, which we won't get to that today. But they use staves. He made that statement. Oh, you come at me with staves. It were coming up the mountains there with staves and swords and everything to get him if he could perceive their thoughts. See, the devil was working on them, putting them on an ash heap, the disciples. For they wanted to give them a testimony of I know, not I guess, or perhaps it's so. They wanted to say, I know, I know. And remember, those trials are brought upon you the same way, the same way. So that you'll not say, well, maybe this is right. Maybe the scripture is true. Maybe divine healing is right. Maybe the Holy Ghost is right. But when you get that experience and you come off that ash heap and you get the revelation of God by the baptism of the Holy Ghost, you can scream just like Job, I know my Redeemer liveth because he lives in me. I know it. You love the Lord this morning? We'll stop right there. If We have our musicians come. We stand to our feet. I know he lives. I know he lives. I'm not wondering. I'm not perhaps, not maybe, not what. I know he's alive this morning. Let's sing that song, I Know My Redeemer Lives. That's a testimony of a revelation. That's a testimony of a revelation that right now, all these years later, and I say this all the time, so many other believers existed between us and Calvary. So many other believers that had their own walk with God, that knew Him in the way that they knew Him. So many other believers that laid hold to that promise, that believed it for themselves their flesh and satan would tell you it's been used up it's worn out there's no more for you see he's the same yesterday today and forever god does not be exhausted he does not get tired he does not quit he does not give up he promised not just that we think that you're closer than a brother. It's not just that we think you'll set the captive free, Lord. But we stand here this morning having received the fruit of that, Lord. In our lives, we stand here and personally can tell that my heart has been healed by your hand. My life has been healed by your hand. You're my provider. You are still the king of kings. You are still in control. And Satan is still defeated. Oh, you are still God alone. We love you so much this morning. We love your word. Lord, there's nothing that thrills our heart like your word, Lord. How rich and how pure, Lord. Oh, we love you today, Lord Jesus. Lord, for each one of my brothers and sisters, this morning, I pray that you would touch their hearts and their lives, Lord, that you will take these words and that you would make them completely whole, We understand that that, that the resurrection, that the body changes, that we're walking in this, Lord. And it's day by day, here a little, there a little. and, And one day we'll stand completely redeemed, completely whole in your presence, Lord. We so appreciate you, Lord Jesus. Your word is true. Your word is what we live for. Your word is what we love, Lord. Thank you for being so kind to us. Thank you for your mercy. Lord, thank you what the fruit of your word has done in our lives, Lord. So many testimonies that we don't probably get shared quite enough of what your word has done for us, Lord. But but many stand here today, Lord. Our lives are changed because of your word. Our hearts, our bodies, our, our spirits are better because of you, Lord. We're better because of you. We appreciate you so much, Lord. We remember, Lord, what it was like in that old condition. We remember what it was like when we had those chains on. We remember what it was like on that side of the bars, Lord, and that side of the, that side of the prison, Lord. But your word is true. And we stand here this morning delivered and free in your presence. Lord, this isn't by anything we've done. This is by your strong and mighty arm proving that you're still the same yesterday, today, and forever how you love your brides, how you love your people, Lord. Lord, what a privilege it is to serve you in this day and in this hour. What a a privilege it is to be able to believe this message that you brought to us in this day, Lord. What a privilege it is to be able to see the seals open and and you, the bridegroom, revealing yourself to us day by day, Lord. What a privilege, people, that we are here today with eyes that can see, with ears that can hear, with a heart that can understand. Lord, we are so blessed by your hand. We worship you with all our hearts this morning, Lord. We thank you for loving us. And I pray that you bless our brothers and sisters in such a special way, Lord. Help them in their walk with you. Draw them up close to your side, Lord. Always remind them, Lord, you don't want them to be alone. You never want them to be alone, Lord, that you're right there with them. Have mercy, Lord. We surrender all that we are, and we thank you for your goodness, Lord. We love you so very much in your most beautiful and precious, lovely name of the Lord Jesus.